Welcome to Vicious Whispers with Mark Tullius, your source for horror, sci-fi, suspense, and all things violent. Thank you so much for joining me today on Vicious Whispers with Mark Tullius. Today we have episode 164. At the end of the episode, I will play a short story from Morsels of Mayhem. I'm really excited about uh, this little audiobook that has three short stories stuffed you will hear today. I believe I narrated that a long time ago in here. I wrote that for Thanksgiving. I think you guys should enjoy that. It was a lot of fun. Lots of similarities to what's going on in my household around the holidays. I won't say what family member, but you might recognize some stuff in your own family. Anyhow, that will go on later. I think the narrator did an amazing job. I had originally hired him to do one of the short stories, one of the three, but he just did a good job. I decided to hire him So for all of it. So check that out. Listen for that at the end. Next week will be the rules. After that, we have 31 Others, which is a story set in my dystopian world, 25 Perfect Days. So, and the only first person short story written in that world. So that's cool. I'm excited about that. Before we get into all of the other positive stuff from the week, Let's go into the personal stuff because my family is free of COVID, which is awesome. So things have returned to normal. Thank you for all the well wishes. That's been super cool to be back on track. Both of my kids were very happy to go back to school. It is my daughter's last week of eighth grade. So very cool that she was able to go back and experience that. Yesterday, I went to my son's award ceremony, third grade award ceremony with my wife. And I was kind of surprised at how many people were there. And then I was kind of surprised at how happy the kids were to be there and excited. And because in my mind, I was like, eh, it's third grade for like a little, some awards, not a big deal. But seeing just how much it meant to the kids, it was really cool. And I stuck around. So I was waiting out there to pick up my son after school. And I saw this little girl coming up to her mom. Her mom was right, right next to me, like five feet away or whatever. And I saw the little girl and she was coming up and her face is just, you could tell she'd been crying and her face was just so sad and she looks up at our mom she's like you didn't come to my award ceremony and the mom felt terrible she didn't know it was that day and for like the next five minutes they were just hugging and crying it's like damn so it does mean a lot so make sure that you are being a part of your kids like if there's opportunities like that to go see what your kids are doing to celebrate what a good job they did yeah definitely take advantage of it, it means a lot to them so i know for sure with my son it did for that little girl it did she could write about it in 20 years about all the problems it caused her and how she never got over the trauma of her mom not being there for her. So sad. All right, what else? What else? So there's definitely all the positives with the family, but there are also some, I don't want to say negatives, but I changed behavior. I have to be accountable for my decisions, I think. So since I haven't been working out, I've still been doing yoga every day. That's been awesome. I don't do it as long as maybe I should, but... I do need to be happy with what I am doing. I'm also swimming instead of working out. So I'm keeping active. I've been playing a lot more VR, but I was beating myself up for not lifting weights, which makes no sense. So that's not one of the bad decisions. That's what I was starting to tell myself was a bad decision, but that's really not. I've been just doing different forms of activity. Absolutely nothing wrong with that. Eating, however, I've been making some bad choices there. And with that, a lot of people, again, would say, well, just whatever. It's almost summer or it's a weekend or... I was like, yeah, true. But over the last two weeks, I've seen my weight slowly creep up. And it's like, it's not a lot. But if I continue down that path, if I don't look at it, if I don't make changes, then 
I should expect it to continue to continue to creep up and get to the point where I'll finally be like, fuck, now I got to, now I really want to lose weight. So don't want that to happen. So I'm going to start making some changes now. We have a trip to Hawaii planned in four weeks. So that gives me some incentive to start cutting out sugars again, get a little bit better with the food choices I'm making. Another negative decision has been to, instead of doing the sleep for yoga program on the inner dimensions that I was talking about last week, I've been planning on doing it all the time. It was really helpful while my son and I were together and sleeping together. Once that arrangement stopped, I stopped doing it and instead just watched TV and ate junk food. I was like, why am I doing that? Why? Like, I don't feel better that night. I don't sleep better because of that decision. I don't feel better the next day. What did I really get out of it? I didn't get anything really positive at all from it. It's not like I needed that relaxation. I felt better the week before. So again, by looking at that, I'd be, okay, yeah, you know what? Maybe that wasn't a good decision. So let's reintroduce the yoga. So I will tonight, I'm going to be doing that again. Um, we'll see about on the weekends. It's a little hard on the weekends, but I need to do some kind of stretching, some kind of moving to make my body feel better. And I think that's one of the things I want to get across too with people with yoga. It's not like I'm doing yoga for like, yeah, it's, it'd be nice to get more flexible, all these other things, but it's so I could move and to do shit. And it's just a great overall workout and how much I need it for my mind is uh, huge. It's a, just a, a great form of meditation. I love um, anything that makes me focus on my breathing. In fact, just the other day I had to stop a yoga workout because I had to handle something but I continued doing my deep breathing and like I was mindful as I was moving. So for like the next five minutes, and that was part of my practice right there. Like I didn't, it didn't take me out of the practice. I was still being mindful. I was still doing my breathing. I was like, that is uh... so that's something that helps me a lot. I don't know whether it's something you do or not, but whatever, find something that helps if you need it. If you're totally cool and you don't have a lot of stress and you just let shit slide. I try to be like that, but I know how much the exercise helps. So I will continue to do that. Oh, one other super positive thing that happened was hypnosis. I've talked about hypnosis a lot. I've been doing the trauma release hypnosis, the HypnoFit through Alexandra Colner. And I'll put her link down below. Uh, it's been pretty awesome. I just finished up my final session. I believe it was 12 sessions. I'm not sure, 10 or 12. But it was like just from the very start, just if we had helped deal with my anger issue even just that alone would have been awesome that would have been enough for me to be happy about the money spent and the time spent on it but there are so many other things that we hit and released and yeah it was pretty pretty incredible yesterday's was pretty awesome yesterday's was about it was the final one and it was about your vision board picturing success and putting it into the future and knowing that you're going to reach it and while i was doing that thinking about like okay what is my picture of success it's like fuck, i already have a lot of it you know i beat myself up all the time i am i'm like oh well the podcast is too small or you know i don't have enough reviews i'm not right enough i'm not making enough money as a writer or, you know this or that or i didn't wasn't happy with this book or there's always something i'm always beating myself up i'm always thinking about how little i'm getting done how little i'm accomplishing instead of looking at the big picture it's like so yesterday while i was thinking about that and, and imagining okay all I really need now is just expanded listenership, expanded readership, just getting more eyes on a product that I believe stands for itself, 
whether it's the podcast or it is my writing, like just looking, if I do an average of my reviews, like, okay, on Amazon, they're probably over a 4.0. I haven't done it. Someone please do it for me. Maybe I'll be disappointed and it's not, but I believe most of my books are over a 4.0. So in my mind, I was like, okay, now I just need to spread it and that will give me everything I need. Everything else is in place. I am super happy with my family. I love where I am there. I love the changes that I've made emotionally there's you know i don't need anything i don't need a fancy car i don't need i couldn't tell you the last time i actually picked out a car i've been driving a mommy mobile forever and i could have got a nice one something i really wanted something i thought was fucking cool i was like things don't really matter a lot to me so there's nothing that i really want i'd love to be able to help other people i'd love to make money and be able to do more stuff we, we try to do a good amount of that now and definitely helping families and stuff like that but Whatever. Oh, my point is, so not only was that great, and I, I do believe that I'm, I'm going to, like, I'm headed down a path that's going to happen. It's a matter of time. It's helped that I'm also taking all these actions to improve my chances of getting there. I'll talk about that in a minute. But yeah, just being grateful for what I've already accomplished. So instead of being negative, instead of being upset at myself, I was like, fuck, my first goal was to publish a short story like okay that's been accomplished then it was to put out a book and then it was to have people read that book and tell their friends about it and then it was to have readers that have said that i'm their favorite author and then it was to have you know so many things it, the unlocking the cage just to go and do all those interviews and meet all those people like fuck, that's a huge accomplishment that was a huge goal not knowing if i could do one interview and then going and doing well over 400 and then on here another podcast shit maybe another one you know and being proud of okay putting out a podcast i took the first one 113 episodes this one's at 150 what's 164 so i'm doing that and it's growing with tbi and cte i've had great conversations where People have told me how much it's helped their life. So shit, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, if you said that I was going to make a difference in anyone's life, I would like, eh, probably not. Maybe a one-on-one -on -one type thing. But yeah, so I have already reached so many goals. I do need to be grateful for all those things. I think I'm oftentimes not. I'm just focused more on what I could do, what I want to produce instead of being like, okay, man, this is cool. Like we're, we're making something good. We're, we're getting it done. We're putting it out there. So I do feel good about that. Thank you guys for being part of it. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for subscribing. That really means the world because yeah, it's easy. Like if you, if I think I'm talking to no one, if I realize listenership is down or whatever else, like, well, fuck, why am I even doing it? I was still right. I'll always write, but I don't know. Anyhow, let's move on. So with, with wanting to have more success, say, like, okay, well, what do I do like with the podcast? I do want the podcast to be more successful. So I am developing a new a trailer for YouTube and then I will advertise it, which I've never done. I've never advertised the podcast, never really done much for it. So like that's something little that is going into effect. I had saved so many different profiles on Audrey and Podbooker and Podmatch, different podcast sites where you can reach out to other podcast hosts or guests and try to collaborate, figure out if they want to be on your show, if you want to be on theirs. So I sent off a bunch of requests, looking at podcasts that were a little bit bigger than mine, that you know, had a good message, whether it was about horror or TBI or whatever else. And uh, already this week, I have two scheduled. One is tomorrow with Life Changes You. We're doing it late at night. 
7.45 at night because Daniel is in Australia. This is what his podcast is about. If you're looking for conversations with inspirational people and want to learn more about the people around you, then there's a podcast for you. Each week I talk to people on various topics about inspiration, psychology, mental health. It should be pretty fascinating, I think. And so after we record the his podcast where I'm a guest on his, I asked him to come out on mine because someone that has had that kind of experience that is that passionate about it, that has had so many episodes and heard so many stories. I think he'll have some pretty cool stuff for us. So he will be my guest uh, ep- episode 165 next Friday. Other things I am doing for the podcast, I'm doing going to start a special podcast on Tuesdays. I was thinking, I think Tuesday is the best day to put out a podcast. I've been wanting to share my traumatic brain injury book but I haven't really wanted to do it on here. I don't feel like doing nonfiction right now. It could be kind of depressing or whatever else. So I want to make it its own little beast. So on Tuesdays, should be starting this Tuesday. If I all goes to plan, there'll be shorter episodes. But like on this first episode, I will share the prologue and chapter one, possibly even chapter two of TBI or CTE. And I will talk about how hard it was to write that prologue and you know, different things that might pop up in those chapters. So I'll be sure to listen along with it, talk about it before, talk about it afterwards, and then do that for each of the little chunks. So that might be going on for five or six weeks. If it looks like putting the podcast out on Tuesdays is a lot better, if I have more people listening that way, I might eventually switch this podcast over to Tuesdays as well. But for the time being, I will continue to do both until I'm done with a TBI or CTE. What else am I doing for the podcast? Uh, That's about it for now. But it's cool to see it growing. I do appreciate it. Thank you for sharing it with your friends, letting other people know about it. Very, very cool. Life changes you. So that will be on Friday night. And then on Saturday, I have the horrific podcast. Evan Boffman had recommended it. He would recently been on it. I'm trying to find the name right now, and I can't seem to. But I will put a link for that in the newsletter as well. And I'll be sure to talk about it on here next week. So that's pretty cool. We'll be talking about the Try Not to Die series and horror in general. It's cool to be able to talk about different things. Um So in addition to trying to grow the podcast and focusing on that, I've also been looking at my Amazon page, uh, talking about accountability, right? Like, okay, you know, I want to succeed. I want more readers. I want my ads to do better. Well, I got to take a look at them. I got to take a look at my pages. I got to see what I could improve. The first step was my Amazon author page, Author Central. It's where I can put up a bio. I can put up photos, uh, videos. I still need to add some videos. I think there's some on there, but I want to put some other cool ones. So I spent that last couple of days looking at that, thinking about my bio. I shared it with a dark and disturbing fear-filled fiction group to see what they thought. They thought it was a cool bio. So I did that once more of speaking to the reader and also trying to guide them to this podcast because say, okay, here you can have the updates on my writing. You can find out who I am. You can figure out how I write, what I write, what it's like to write with co-authors, different stuff like that. Some readers might find that interesting. I don't know. But, and I want to have a wide variety of stuff. So anyhow, I did that. I changed my author photo to a a photo where I'm shouting. That was a powerful experience. I've talked about that before. I've never used that for my profile photo, but I was like, I'll try that out. I want to get people's attention. And then the next step is looking at all my descriptions. I know there are certain pages that have 
errors that maybe they don't look so great. I need to fix the formatting. I've been lazy. I got so much other shit going on that I'll forget about it. So that is one of my side projects is going through each of those pages and be like, okay, how does this look? What needs to be fixed? Let's fine tune this stuff because I do feel like, okay, it's just a matter of time before things take off. And when they do, I want everything to be looking very professional and all that. Another part of the increasing the readership is doing free books, discounted books. Again, I got away from that. I've been great. I think the first quarter of the year, I did awesome. I had like 12 weeks all planned, all scheduled, all my ads. That takes a little bit of time to do. I set all that shit up myself. So I wasn't looking forward to doing it. I've been putting it off, but I realized, okay, let's do it again. I want people to, especially all my new subscribers, all my new listeners, I want them to have access to these books. I know that I get a lot of people saying that they just don't have money for books. They're always excited when I can give them something free. So if I could do it like this, it makes it easier on me and they get to read something. If they like it, then they'll tell their friends. That's all I'm asking. Or leave a review. Leaving reviews is fucking awesome. Please do it as much as possible. All right. So that gets us to the free book of the week. That is Brightside. The Kindle version will be free in both German and English. That is from June 3rd to June 7th. So that is planned. And then the following week, we will have Beyond Brightside and the German version. I think those are going to be 99 cents. And the Somber Stroll audiobook, which I completely forgotten about, is 99 cents. I'll probably share that eventually. Next month, I'm going to have Morsels of Mayhem. All of July, that will be only 99 cents for the audiobook. After you check it out on here, maybe you will want to purchase it. But maybe like, I already heard those fucking stories. Why would I want to spend 99 cents on it? Good point. I didn't think about it. Convince me. Oh, I totally left out something important about something positive that happened with my family this week. And it goes to last week about how cool these interactions are with different listeners or readers. If you remember, Christina, the Italian lady from Canada, some of her messages sparked a desire for me to maybe start looking at my Italian heritage or at least learn the language. And so I already talked about it with my family a while back about learning a language together because I don't care to be the only one walking around the house listening to German, talking to German. I do a little bit with my son. And again, I don't do very much. My German is very basic. I can get the gist of most stuff that is written. Lots of songs I listen to. I could understand the majority of it. But I wouldn't be able to have a full-on conversation with someone. I haven't studied enough. I haven't practiced enough. Just haven't really cared enough to get to that level or committed myself enough to. But it would be nice if other people were experiencing it with me. And I do like doing that with my son. We talked about it as doing this family before. But there's so many things we talk about and just never do. So I said, hey, if someone wants to learn a new language, if we want to do it together as a family, you guys can pick. I'll either do Spanish, which makes a lot of sense since we live in an area where a large percentage of people speak Spanish. Lots of my son and daughter's classmates speak Spanish. So it makes sense if they were to learn that. But my daughter said, well, I'm going to learn it in school. So why go ahead? I was like, yeah, all right, cool. And so I threw Italian out there as one of the choices originally i had thought of doing maybe russian or something like that but only as like a, a vague thought of actually doing it so my wife liked the idea my daughter picked italian jake doesn't want to do it but now that he sees the three of us doing it he may do it i was very surprised to see my wife she got on duolingo and kind of went nuts getting a little addicted to it 
but that's cool. I did that too. I showed her my first streak on German when I was on Duolingo and that was like 320 days. And so I was on it a lot. It was fun. Going on it again made me realize, because I for the last year, I've probably only used Babbel. I really like that app. But I looked at where I had been on Duolingo on the German and saw that there's still a lot of stuff I didn't hit. So it'd be very interesting to go back through and hit those areas and see how much of it I know, how much more I can learn and get that a little bit deeper. But the other thing I'm doing is I'm doing a little bit of Italian every day. And that is kind of cool. I'm surprised. I had a very interesting talk with my father who is learning American Sign Language. He's just teaching himself through videos and everything. But how I was surprised by my desire to learn and that the the belief that I could learn and that I could learn multiple languages. So I was like, that'd be kind of cool. Instead of getting really good at one language that I might use, shit, how many times am I really going to use German? Why not get a pretty cool understanding of each? Because while you're doing so, you're also learning about that country, learning about their customs, learning about everything else. So I've learned a ton about Germany through their music, through trying to learn the language and talking with friends in it. So doing the same with Italian should be pretty cool. Who knows how far we will take it. But and what's also interesting is in our fucked up little family, Blank Slate was the original name. It was an Italian family. The guy didn't like his Italian roots and he was going, that was going to be kind of explored in there. I believe it's changed a little bit, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Anyhow, thank you to Christina for kind of starting that whole thing. And yeah. Kind of cool. It's fun. This is something I was trying to get across to my wife and son. It's like, and it doesn't matter if you mess up on the apps because we're all perfectionists. And so that drives you nuts when you hear the ding. It's like, oh, I got it wrong. I was like, it's the process of learning. It doesn't even matter how much we learn. The fact is the process. Of, like we're, we're working our brain. It's great for our brain. Why not do it? It's something fun. Otherwise, I'm going to be spending the same amount of time playing a fucking stupid game that's not going to give me anything. It might give me a little rush or something like that. But why not do something productive? And there's so many languages to choose from. So that's what's also pretty awesome. So we'll see. We'll see how long I stick with it. Maybe I'll try to make it like, okay, I'll do a year on this. And then I'll do a year on that. And by doing one of the romantic languages, I think that will give me a better sense. So I have the Germanic and then the romantic. So that is the game plan. And another cool thing I was doing too, when I was driving to a foot doctor appointment for my final soft wave therapy session on my foot, which has been amazing. I'm so grateful that I did that. I'm able to walk now. I'm able to do all kinds of stuff. Before it was so painful, I wanted to scream just walking around the house, crawling around the house. So that was cool. But on the way there is a bit of a drive. So on the way there, I listened to Easy German, their podcast, which is all in German. And I was able to understand the majority of it. And it was talking about animals and how even though they have less people than France, they have the same number of animals. In which, so it's not something that I really needed to know. But it was cool to be able to listen to them talking and to understand the majority of what they're saying. Or let's say at least 60% of what they're saying. So that's kind of cool. And realizing that just listening to it is going to improve the learning process. It's making my brain work. Like I, Otherwise, I'm going to be listening to music. Nothing wrong with that. That's also fun. It could put me in a cool mood. But I like to be a little bit more productive. So that also helps. And then on the way back, I listened. I found a some... Italian podcast is like learn Italian in 22 lessons. And it's a podcast where they are doing a short play between an Italian teacher and a student that's learning Italian. And it's just cool. It's a cool way to learn. It was, I think, 15 minutes long. I was like, man, I'll do that every once in a while. It'll be interesting to see how 
that helps me, what I'm going to learn, what I'm going to pick up. All right. On the writing front, things are getting interesting. I just received back this from John Palisano. Try not to die in the wild west. This is the main path. Still need to fix up all the death scenes. This is his pass. I'm going to have to go through it. He understands that I'm working on a bunch of stuff and said, you know, there's no rush on his end. So I'm not sure. I'm, that's what I've been trying to think about the last couple of days. Like, okay, how do I do this? When do I go into that? Because also in a couple of days, I have Death Fest coming from Glenn, like in two or three days. And with our fucked up little family, which I just sent off for the cover, I got a picture, an image of the cover. I, I like the idea. We'll see how my designer, how it turns out. I'm not sure if I'm going to put it up for pre-orders yet or not, but I do want to have that cover out but you know i'm so deep into that this week because i was doing so much of this other administrative stuff i wasn't able to get a lot of deep thought into our fucked up little family but i did figure out chapter two all i have to do now is input those notes so i'll probably do those today i'll probably feel better after like another day on that and then i want to flesh out chapter three and possibly four after i get that done i would feel so much better then i think i will jump on the western so I'm going to see if I can. That's what I'm planning on right now. So I'll probably try, jump on trying to die in the Wild West in two weeks. Hopefully, I will have chapter three and four done by then of our fucked up little family. And I will be in a good place. But that's super exciting to have another book that's just about ready. I know Caitlin's going to have one for me to check out pretty soon, too. And yeah, so a lot of cool, cool stuff happening. Speaking of trying not to die in the works, let's go into Ghostland. And before I forget, I also have Future Tense up here, Tales of Apocalyptic Vision by Michael Brent Collins. I just started that last night. I am using that as a little treat to short stories. I'm going to read as many as I can before my daughter finishes Ghostland Book 2. So she's on that right now. I just saw how many pages it is. Like, God damn, Duncan. How about for those people that fucking have no attention span? But I am loving it. So I just finished Ghostland Book 1. It is awesome. I had an interesting talk with my daughter. I'm like, hey, Liv, you know that part where the nun devours that guy's... Yeah, I didn't know about that before I gave it to you. And so, but she was fine with it. I asked her, I was like, hey, do you really read this kind of stuff? Or have you read anything like this before? And she's like, meh. So she's fine with it. I'm fine with it. I was reading Stephen King early. It's whatever. It's an awesome book. So the really cool thing is, man, what a big world is how much work it must have been to create this world to make it believable i really enjoyed the author's notes at the back and he had also has a super cool know your ghost guide at the back of the book i went through that early that was kind of fun but mr ralston has set up this incredible world very believable i believed all the technology and just very very violent graphic some nasty scenes great character building so all around awesome job I am thrilled to have him be doing a Try Not to Die in Ghostland. So what a cool premise. What a cool story. It's awesome to create a Try Not to Die with anyone, but having the world already made, already created. Yeah, just so many possibilities. And I don't know how it's even going to go down. So he emailed me his idea. This is a couple of months ago or whatever. And I said, fine, cool. <laughs> Without ever reading Ghostland, I don't think I had even picked it up yet. But I'd already read Midwives. I'd already read, I think, Womb. And then I was on Gross Out. So I already knew that I really, really enjoyed his writing. I knew Ghostland was going to be good. So, and just from reading like the back cover and everything else. 
So before Ghost Island, I was like, okay, do I go back? Do I read his note? You know, see exactly what's going to happen? Or do I forget about it? Which isn't hard because my memory sucks and I'm off and high. So I was able to forget about it and I was able just to read the book and enjoy it. Part of me was like, okay, well, I should read his note. So that way I know what characters are going to be remaining and what the plot is. And I could pay special attention to them. And then I could think about other things. I'm like, nah, I'm just going to go enjoy it because I know he's doing all that. So he's already spent three books developing this massive world. He knows his characters. He knows everything else. I don't know how much I'm even going to be able to contribute to it. Maybe it's a book where I just put edited by. Who knows? Who knows? So we shall see. I'm just excited about it. If you haven't read Ghostland, I would say pick it up, especially if you like a longer read. This one was 370 pages, but very cool story. It flew. If I had more time to read, it would have been done a lot faster. Man, I'm such a bad influence at my son's school. I'm always out there early, either with my own writing or with other books. And I'll sit there for half an hour before he gets out, just sit on a tree, with, you know, either writing or reading. And I've, I've taken womb there, gross out there, ghost land. So, yeah, all the other parents probably think I'm a fucking sicko. It's like, correct. But anyhow, so that should be pretty exciting. I want to turn our fucked up little family into a graphic novel. So I need to find the correct or the perfect artist. And I am probably going to start my very first Kickstarter to fund it. Uh, I think that'd be really cool to have some shit like, you know, pay a certain amount and get killed by machine. There's going to be all kinds of cool stuff, but that's far away. That's in the future. That's how my brain works. I fucking go places where it's like, I haven't even written the book yet. In my head, it's already written because I already know the entire story and it, it had been written before. So it shouldn't take me that long, but there's no reason why I'm thinking about it right now. So I'm going to stop talking about it. Maybe I will start a Kickstarter and start the graphic novel early. If I do, I'll be sure to tell you. But all right, guys, let's get to Morsels of Mayhem. I think you are going to dig this one. And again, you could find this on Audible and everywhere else, but I think it's going to be a little more expensive there. All right, this is narrated by Gabriel Michael. I think he did a great job. Let me know what you guys think. This short story is called Stuffed. I hope you enjoy it. Definitely come back next week to check out episode 165 with Life Changes You, Daniel Silk. And check out Tuesday. So that should be, I don't know what I'm even calling it yet. It might just be TBI or CTE. Who knows? Chapters 1, 2, whatever. We'll figure it out. So look for that on Tuesday. And have an incredible week. All right, later. Stuffed. Everyone equates Thanksgiving with fun times and family. But not me. As kids, we'd love shoveling down favorite foods and delicious desserts, but by the time it was dark, we'd be laid out on the floor in a food coma. Meanwhile, the women would gossip and clean up the kitchen, and the men would hoot and holler at the football teams. Tempers flaring with lost bets. That eat until you burst mindset was too hard to shake. And here I am, 40 years later. Having overweight parents didn't help my odds, but it's my dislike of exercise that got me ending up like this. My fat ass stuffed on the couch. To make matters worse, my posture is terrible. 
Every day I sink a little deeper into the sofa. My shoulders slumping forward, my man boobs resting on top of my bulging belly. Man, those were so embarrassing. Especially in high school. But Sandra said they didn't bother her. None of me did. But that was also when she was 50 pounds heavier and still believed we were both just big boned. God damn it! Bobby says loud enough to hear through the wall. His bedroom door flies open and all ten years and two hundred pounds of him barrels into the living room. His curly blonde hair smashed down by his cherry red headphones. Stop shooting! He yells into the mouthpiece. He slams the door closed, the bang loud enough to give someone a heart attack. Bobby! Sandra yells from upstairs. There's no way of knowing if Bobby heard her. He hurries past me without a word, jumps on the recliner all while grabbing the charger, the most graceful I've seen him. Hold on, he says to his online friends. I've got to plug in. Bobby! Sandra shrinks. He raises the headphone an inch from his ear. Without taking his eyes off the screen, he shouts, What? Sounding like he really wants to add, The hell do you want? Don't slam doors. His headphone slips back and tells his friend, It's nothing. Bobby pounds buttons, his eyes narrow. I'm back, motherfuckers, he says, keeping it low. Sandra would lose her shit if she knew how bad Bobby's language was. But I'd be a hypocrite to say anything. When I was Bobby's age, I cussed like crazy. And he's dealing with it ten times more than I ever had to. Three seconds of silence, then Bobby blurts out. Did you see that? Oh my god, I nailed his ass! Buttons smash and he scrunches his face, dimpling those chubby cheeks. Stop shooting me! Hey, stop shooting! I said stop it! He's like this all day. Can you hear me? Don't make me kick you. Kick him. Do it. Kick him. Nonstop. My new white noise. The TV's off. My reflection an unnecessary reminder of my pitiful existence. They'll turn it on when Sandra's parents get here, but there won't be any football, that's for sure. Now that I have no say. The TV's 77 inches. Biggest one I've ever owned. The price tag's at 3600 but I worked them down to 3200 A week and a half of work. It's kind of sad, but it isn't until you start running out of time that you notice how much you've sacrificed for everything. What you've given up for objects. The entertainment center had to be custom white oak because we couldn't risk a crappy Ikea piece falling over or anyone judging us for having it. Two more weeks spent at the office and client dinners ensuring I wasn't around for any of the framed photographs adorning the center. Another huge time suck was the walnut floorboards. Ten more days of work just to pay for it in here and the kitchen. The glass coffee table represents an overnight trip. The hairdryer upstairs makes me realize Bobby's being quiet. His mouthpiece pulled up. He's still watching his screen, but his hand is digging around in the side of the recliner. He brings out a full-sized snicker bar and tears it open, pushes the melting bar into his mouth. The bar is finished in seconds, and Bobby licks the inside of the wrapper before balling it up and sticking it in his pocket. Again, I can't say anything. 
I'm the one who hid the bars there and who made Sandra buy them. Thirty bucks a bag to get Bobby and me through the week. Barely a half hour of work. Bobby wipes his mouth with the back of his hand and puts the mouthpiece down. Those headphones were sixty bucks. And that's his fourth pair this year. The gaming platform cost two hundred, but the game was free. The skins, emotes, and all the other stupid shit that he pleaded for, adding on an easy hundred. About a day and a half of work so he can screw off his entire life looking at a screen. But if we calculate the cost per hour used, then we're talking pennies. Just like the TV, his gaming is priceless. At one point, we'd limited Bobby's screen time, but that was before everything changed. The gaming keeps him busy, if not quiet. No one else in this house can give him what he needs right now anyhow. Plus, at least he's interacting with real people, which is more than Mal does. The doorbell rings and there's a quick knock on the door. Bobby's back talking smack to his friends and I'm not getting up. The hairdryer turns off. Bobby! Sandra shouts. Get the door! I assume he can't hear her. Three seconds of silence and Sandra says, Malibu, answer the door! Mal stomps down the stairs wearing all black with matching eyeliner. I'm assuming Sandra hasn't seen her yet because I haven't heard her bitching how it's not very holiday appropriate. What the hell? Mal mumbles at Bobby, who's off in his own little world. She switches her paper back into her left hand and opens the door. I can't see what she's reading. Probably something about vampires or zombies. It's been nothing but darkness for the last three weeks. Mal disappears for a second and comes back with a white package and an angry face. That's bullshit, Bobby says. No ganging up on me! Mal locks the front door and chucks the package at Bobby, knocking the game out of his hand. Bobby tears off his headphones and screams. What the hell? It's yours. Why'd you throw it? How about you take off your damned headphones and answer the door? How about you go screw yourself? Mal storms off toward the stairs. Bobby whips the package back at her, the corner smacking the top of my head. <gasps> Look what you did! Mal hurries over and combs down my wig. Sorry, Dad. Her face is red when she yells at Bobby. You're such a jerk! Bobby heads for his room, eyes on the game. My stupid-ass sister just got me killed, he says, slamming the door behind him. Bobby! Sorry, Mom, Mal says toward the stairs. I hope Sandra hasn't always yelled like that. She never did when I was around, but I wasn't around much. We'd agreed early on that the kids in the house would be her responsibilities, while I went out and made the money. If she has to yell to control them, I can't really argue. Mal pats the back of the wig down and tries to smile. I can see that she wants to. Just like preschool, shy and afraid. She sits on the edge of the coffee table, barely 14 and becoming a beautiful young woman. So smart, but so full of pain. It's been three weeks since she's been this close. The first day I got back from the procedure, she gave me a small hug I couldn't feel. The next day she hugged from behind and whispered in my ear, I love you. The following day was when Sandra went through my computer. Found some things I wish she hadn't.
Mal flips her book back and forth, a flash of blackened bones on the cover. She clears her throat and says, <clears throat> I'm, I'm sorry I didn't. I hate that she apologizes for everything, especially when it's not her fault. There's no reason for her to see my side of things. I've never really been there for her. We never talked about anything important. No nuggets of wisdom passed down. It's like I've always been this useless. Mal lowers her head, her bangs hiding the tears as they drop to the floor. Last time she cried in front of me was a few years ago out of embarrassment. Her friend Cindy asked if I was stuck on the couch. She'd never seen me anywhere else. She starts to pick up my hand but stops with her fingers on my wrist. She pulls away and heads for the stairs. I'm sorry. I've never cried in front of another person. And God knows I won't now. I'm suffocating with realizations and regret. But I won't cry. If I started, there'd be no stopping. All I do know is that this is the worst mistake I've ever made. I never wanted or expected this. This wasn't part of the deal. But then again, the deal was verbal, and not something I could sue over. Sandra's coming down the stairs in a beautiful blue dress hugging her hips. She trips on the last step but catches herself, her eyes never leaving her phone. She sets it down on the coffee table and turns on the TV, changes the channel to CNN. In a cold whisper, she says, There you go. My sense of smell is gone, but I suspect she's wearing perfume. More than she needs, to go with all the makeup. Sandra straightens out the recliner so it's angled just so, then heads into the kitchen, leaving me with the news. I don't get upset about it anymore. It's just another circus to steal our attention and time. The phone vibrates, a message bringing the screen to life. Even upside down, I can see it's Carl, her friend from the gym. Sandra must have sensed the buzz because she's back, phone in hand, smiling as her fingers fly. That smile is what won me over 25 years ago. It's what kept our marriage going. I think it was real, most of the time, but the way she's smiling now, she'll never do it me again. Even if she would listen. Even if I could get the words out. It wouldn't do me any good explaining Tiffany and I never had sex. They were just photos and words, but we never crossed that line. Sandra sets the phone down. Malibu, Bobby, it's almost three o'clock, Mal says. I'll be right there. Of course, there's nothing from Bobby. Sandra ignores it and retreats to the kitchen. Still clad in black, knowing it's going to cause problems, Mal comes down with her book. The doorbell rings. I know it's Sandra's parents, because of Helen... Vanderhoff is nothing else. She is punctual. I got it, Mal says, walking behind me. Well, look at you, Helen says, now trying to hide her disappointment and making me glad I can't see the door. Hi, Grandma, Mal says, keeping it pleasant. I'm in the kitchen, Sandra yells. Coming, <laughs> Helen says, followed by a humph of indignity as she passes by. Come here, sweetheart, Roy says. You just ignore her, he whispers. I sure do. <laughs> I love you, Grandpa. Double for me, 
he says. The door closes and Roy pats my shoulder. Almost didn't recognize you without a drink in your hand. I'll go grab us some whiskeys. Mal knocks on Bobby's door. Get out here! She sits on the love seat and disappears into her book. <gasps> oh my! Helen gasps from the kitchen. How long has it been in here? It's fine, Mom, Sandra says. I put it in at 210. At 3.50? It'll be dry, honey. Hey, Sandy, Roy says. You're looking good. Thanks, you too. Oh, don't go telling him that. He'll believe it and will keep eating ice cream until he ends up like... you know who. Mom, why don't you go warm up the beans? <laughs> Not here two minutes and already with the drinking. Roy doesn't say anything loud enough for me to hear. He sets my whiskey on the coffee table, then takes his drink to the end of the couch. That's one of the things I've always liked about you, Bob, he says as he turns up the TV's volume, eyes on the screen. You never let me drink by myself. Bobby slips out of his bedroom and stands beside the entertainment center. Without his game gear, he looks so much younger and less confident. Hey, Grandpa, he says with a small wave. Roy doesn't respond, too busy mumbling about the news. Bobby pulls his phone out of his back pocket and sits beside Mal, who's focused on her book. It's been three weeks, Helen says loud enough for everyone to hear. How much longer are you going to put up with this? Quiet down, Sandra says. You'll be out by Christmas. Roy turns up the TV. Bobby says, wow, that's kind of loud. He's right, but it's no match for Helen saying, well, it's disgusting. Not today, Mom. Not one to stop a conversation before she's ready, Helen says, well, it's just not right. It's not natural. Roy pauses the channel. Ladies, I think that's enough. Don't pretend it doesn't bother you. Roy brings a drink down on the armrest, splashes whiskey on the couch. It's none of your damned business. Why couldn't he just be cremated or buried like normal people? That question plays on a loop every moment of every day. So much worse to consider every day since the discovery of Tiffany's emails. Yeah, he could have been a diamond, Bobby says. Mal shakes her head and moves to the spot to my right. Roy says, Or a tree. That's what I'm going to do. No, you're not, Helen barks from the kitchen entrance. We have our plots. Jesus, Helen, Roy says. Will you ever stop? Helen acts like she's never heard this before, even though we've all heard it plenty. I'm sorry. But this isn't okay, Helen. This isn't okay, Helen says, pointing right at me. He shouldn't be here. He wanted to be here, Mal shouts, the loudest I've ever heard her. It was in his will. Mal's right about it being in my will. But I sealed the deal without telling any of them. Doc had only given me a 3% chance of making it through the month and the taxidermist gave me a big break on the price. I could have gotten the procedure for free if I'd been healthy, but like the guy said, my heart and liver were useless. There was no way any of us could have known this would happen. 
that my soul would somehow stick to my body. I didn't even believe we have a soul. But how the fuck am I seeing, hearing, and thinking if my brain's been removed? That doesn't mean it's still not gross, Bobby says. Shut up, Bobby. Mal gets up in front of him and says, And turn off that goddamn game. You're not my boss. Kids, Sandra screams. Stop it. Mal snatches his phone and throws it across the room where it slams off the wall. Bobby pushes Mal's shoulders so hard her head snaps back and she trips on the coffee table. I'm afraid she's going to plunge right through the glass. But she manages to throw her body toward the couch. She's headed right for me and braces for the fall. I don't feel a thing as her hand punches through my stomach and fluid sack, deep into my stuffing, her elbow right where my belly button had been. Mal shrieks, ripping her arm out of me, the Build-A-Bear-like stuffing clinging to her forearm. I tip to the side, my head landing where Roy had been sitting, my insides oozing out. Roy's on his feet, trying to grab Mal. He shouts at Bobby, Look what you did! Bobby's face flashes red. She started it! He runs to his room and slams the door. Mal's hysterical, clawing at her arm. <laughs> Get it off! Sandra hurries over and wraps Mal in a hug. It'll come right off, Sandra says, taking her upstairs. I'll help you. Helen gasps, then falls beside the recliner. She clutches her blouse and says, My heart! Roy drops to his knees next to Helen. He cries out, Call 911! Mal's screaming upstairs. Sandra shushing her. Roy shouts for help, but no one answers him. There's only silence as I look down on my body. Roy hugging Helen on the floor. It feels like I'm floating. My vision growing dim. A final thought that there's always something to be thankful for.